Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Monique Ham. Thanks for being on the show, Monique. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Yeah, honored to have you on the show. A little about her. She's the founder of Real Estate Investor Goddesses. She's an educator, advocate for female real estate investors, and has a mission to help 1 million women achieve financial freedom through real estate. She's a real estate investor and syndicator, owns and together with her investors over 1,300 rental units across six states. Also, a number one best-selling author, podcast host, and real estate strategy mentor, and wife and mother of three amazing kids. Monique, thank you again for your time. Give the listeners and myself a little more about your background and how you got into the syndication business, and let's jump into your superpower. Sure. So I got in... Totally by accident. I was taught growing up that you should go to college and then graduate school and become a doctor, lawyer, professor, engineer. And those choices, I chose law because I went to law school and I was miserable as a lawyer, but that's a whole other conversation. All I learned about real estate was that you should buy your own home. So 2005, towards the top of the last bubble, I went to buy a house. This was in Los Angeles. And even though I had a six-figure salary, I couldn't afford anything by myself. A typical house in a typical neighborhood, and I'm talking about a mansion in Bel Air, but this very modest house was upwards of $600,000, $700,000. And I couldn't do that alone. But a friend of mine who was in a similar position suggested that we buy a duplex together. He would live on one side, I'd live on the other side. And like I can afford half a house. So yeah, let's do that. And instead of finding a house with two equal size and finding this beautiful old craftsman with one much larger unit downstairs and an upstairs two bedroom and a back house. And so we each took a bedroom in the larger unit, rented out the upstairs, rented out the back house, even rented out our basement. And then we were house hacking. We finally, that was a thing. That was my first taste of having tenants paying the rent, the expenses. When I met my husband, he had a duplex and then we got a single family and we got into flipping after the downturn and when houses were on sale and I knew nothing about syndication. So it was another happy accident that got me into that. Around 2015, it was getting harder and harder to find flipping deals that made sense in LA. And we started looking for a fourplex because that was the largest thing I could think to do at the time and nothing cash flowed at all in LA. And through a mutual friend, I was introduced to Robert Helms, who's the host of the Real Estate Guys radio podcast. And I remember it was October of 2015. And I was talking with Robert and he was asking me about what I was up to. He told him about the flipping and my struggles with that and trying to get fourplex. And now that was hard. And he said two things that completely shifted everything. So first thing he said was, you know, LA is a tough market. I always say live where you want to live, invest where the numbers make sense. And I went, huh, I never thought of that until you mentioned it. I always thought you had to invest where you could drive to your property, touch it, do it. So it hadn't occurred to me that you could invest outside of where you live. So literally that opened up the world. And the next thing he said was, and you can buy that fourplex by yourself, but you're limited to your own capital and credit. He said, alternatively, you can bring a group of investors together and you can buy 100 or 200 units. And they started telling me about the benefits of that. 
And that just blew my mind because until that moment, I thought you needed Donald Trump's bank account to do that kind of thing. I didn't realize like real people could do it. So I immediately was like, that, I want to learn how to do that. <laughs> That's what I want to do. And I told Robert Helms, like, I'm going to be your groupie. I want to learn from you. And he laughed. He thought I was kidding, but like totally followed him around the world learning from him. I went home that night and I told my husband, like, there's this thing, it's called syndication. It's so cool. And <laughs> we can like bring groups of investors together. Let's do it. Let's learn how to do it. So we signed up for the Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar. That was in January of 2016. And we got into the game. By the end of that year, we'd gotten over a thousand doors and we were just off to the races. Now, wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> you went to that course when? At the beginning of 2016? Yeah, January 2016 in Phoenix. And by the end of the year, you had a thousand units. Now, you just kind of said that like it was no big deal, but I know the listeners were like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold it, what? <laughs> yeah. I want to go to that class, right? There was hustle required, but yeah, yeah we syndicated, I said three and a half deals. So we did three deals and then we were halfway through a second one that we closed in 2017. And then we passively invested in a couple of, at first to get our feet wet and learn, and then we syndicated three from there. Nice. Okay. Well, I want to talk a little bit about what you talked about there, or your steps to getting there. I know the listeners are thinking, oh, wait a minute, you know, like, how did she do that? What was that? But you're an attorney and that doesn't come easy, right? You don't just go and buy a diploma and become an attorney. You know, that took a lot of work, but have you shifted full-time to real estate now? Full-time. I'm not practicing anymore. Okay. So that's a big decision, right? I'm happy with that. It kind of happened to and for me. I was always pretty miserable. Actually, I've been having a lot of flashbacks right now during this current economic crisis. So back in 2008, I got married in 2007. I was pregnant with my little girl in 2008. So I was about five and a half months pregnant. I think this was May or June of 08. And my boss at the time in the law firm called me into his office and I was expecting a bonus. And instead of a bonus, I got fired which was shocking and not cool and horrible at the time, but a real gift in hindsight. And I was pretty preggers at the time. I thought this is probably not a great time to be out job hunting with this big old belly. So I just decided that I would wait until after I gave birth, had a short maternity leave, and then I would look for another job as a lawyer. And my daughter was born August 19, 2008. Within a month, the economy was in free fall. So I'm, I'm having flashbacks right now. Like, and then shortly thereafter, my husband, he was self-employed as a graphic designer. His business dropped 90%. So it was really tough. But luckily we had that real estate, which kept a roof over our heads. It was still LA, it was barely cash flowing, but it did keep a roof over our heads. And then we sold one property and that got us going. But because of getting fired at that time, I didn't go back to law afterwards. I mean, partly because I had been very miserable. <laughs> wow. Like I loved it and I wanted to go back. I was like, I'm, like, I really was quite miserable. It was not a good life. And you all continued to flip then or to flip more homes. What were you doing in real estate at that time? We flipped until 2015. Okay. And what about any pushback from family or friends that were like, 
money. Wait a minute. You just went to school all these years. You can go get another job as an attorney. What are you thinking? You know, any of that, maybe some of the listeners are going through some of those same things that you could speak to. I think a lot of my family and friends knew that I was really miserable. Like I was really miserable as a lawyer. At one point, my appendix ruptured. I remember the Tuesday morning and I ended up in the ER. They don't know what causes it. I'm pretty sure it was stress from the job. But when the doctor told me that I had to be in the hospital for several days, I ended up being in the hospital for nine days and I'd have at least 30 days afterwards to recover. My first thought was, well, thank God I don't have to go to work for at least 30 days. Like, uh, I have a good excuse. <laughs> yeah, right? but my next thought was, that is so bad. Like I knew I was unhappy. I didn't realize quite how miserable I was until that moment. Wow. I mean, that's how miserable I was. It was not like hard to leave law practice, right? But I probably would have stayed because of the money and it was good and we had a new baby coming and there's another yeah. mouth to feed. So I probably would have stayed. So it was a gift that he gave me in firing me at that moment. But it was hard to get another job by the time the markets were opening up again. We were doing quite well with the flipping. So I want to jump to 2015 a little bit when you were introduced to syndication. And, you know, it's interesting you were talking to Robert Hems. Not just everybody gets to talk to Robert Hems either and figures out how to jump into the syndication business. I know, business. so lucky. <laughs> so that's awesome. And I've heard great things about that class too. And I want the listeners to be aware of that, the secrets of successful syndication. I have not been to one of those, but I've heard great things. So 2015 happens, you're introduced to the syndication business. You learn that, okay, I may actually be able to buy a hundred unit complex, right? Because I remember when my eyes were open to that. So, you know, walk us through that a little bit, some of the steps you did to really begin that syndication business. We really started with education. We went to that seminar. We signed up for the real estate guys inner circle. So we mentored with them. I also mentored with Brad Simrock, taught us apartment investing. We were all in on the education side because when you're taking other people's money, you really need to know what you're doing. Investing my own money has some risk. I get a little nervous, but investing other people's money, like that's what keeps me up at night. Like that's 10 times more important than my own money. So for us, our first step was education and then just going out there, meeting people and then building a brand. So one of the things I had learned from that syndication seminar, Russell Gray, who's the, the other real estate guy, the real estate guy radio, he says it's really important that you have to build your brand, build your network, build your brand, build your network. When you're syndicating, there are four things you need to do. You need deals and investors and then you're building your brand and building your network, which gives you the deals and the investors. And so after that first seminar, it was a Friday and Saturday and it was on a Sunday morning. I was in the hotel gym and I'm on the elliptical and just kind of processing what's happened over the weekend. And I'm thinking building your brand, building your network and who do I want to work with? And I thought back to that room and I went, huh, there were like 120 people in there. Maybe there were eight women. There were no women in that room. <laughs> it's like, I want to work with women and I want women in that room. And in between being a lawyer, I became a coach and I actually started working with women around money. I became an abundance coach for women. That was a long story to get how I got there, but that's what I had been doing as well as the real estate. And it all just came together. Like I should help teach women how to do this is how you really build wealth, I believe, through real estate. And there are no women here. And who's talking to women about that? And they weren't. That's the brand I want to build. I want women. And so I started to do that and build this network and put it out there. And there were a lot of women like, I'm interested in that, but I don't know how, or nobody's talked to me about that. And at this point, I have almost 14,000 women on my list. 
and is growing. Love that. Yeah, I would love to have more women on the show as well. So anybody that you know needs some interviews, I'd love to have them. That can add value to the listeners, of course. But I wanted to ask you, though, kind of go through that. I've heard this by numerous people that have had success in the syndication business. But one, you educated yourself. Two, you found mentors. It's just critical. And I loved how you talked about, you went back to the significance of taking investor capital. You need to know how to handle that, right? It's great to have somebody that's already been there and done that. It's so important. But meeting people, you got to get out there and meet people. It's such a team sport, but then building a brand. And I'd love to know thousand doors in the first year. That seems in most listeners like, well, that's just not possible for me. And I would just encourage them to not think that way because it is possible. And that's why I love having people like yourself on the show. But tell me a few things that made that possible possible other than maybe the mentors or maybe dive in just a little bit more to tell us some significant things, maybe how you branded yourself or something like that, that helped you yeah. to get there. So one of the things it's really with partnerships, it's hard when you're first starting, right? You don't have that experience and you need to get brokers and other investors that are going to take you seriously. So what we did was we partnered with people that had the experience. Funny enough, I didn't even know this about my next door neighbor. So we started getting into real estate. We started talking to her about, oh yeah, we're starting to syndicate. And she says, oh, that's what I do. So she was working for a real estate investment trust. At that point, she'd done almost a billion dollars worth of transactions, a billion. But she was super busy working for this trust. It was just working like a manimal there and had no time to invest on her own dime. But we decided to partner together and because she didn't have the time we had the time but she had this crazy experience she could underwrite things in her sleep and she had this network of people that she could follow in, but she didn't have the time but we did so we became partners with her and so our business is called vineyard investment partner she's not partnered with us anymore but we lived next door to each other on vineyard avenue so we became vineyard investment partners people ask us do you invest in vineyards we're like no <laughs> that's where the name came from and so my husband was a graphic designer. We had this beautiful website and we had our own expertise, but the first on the list was her with all of this experience. And then we could go around and say, yes, our team has a billion dollars worth of transactions. Experience, yeah. As a team, we were strong. Like she was carrying 98% of the team, but hey, that totally worked, right? But that opened a lot of doors for us and that got us taken seriously because when people look that we had this package or this website, people would look at us and go, wow, this is substantial experience. So one of the things that your listeners are doing, if you're trying to go, how can I get there? Don't try to get there by yourself. Partner with other people that have whatever you're missing and whether that you're lacking the experience are always people that have what you don't have, but who could use what you do have. So if you have the time and you have the gumption and, and you can, we went out, we found deals and then we found other partners that had that experience. So that's how we were able to jump through it. But if we had just tried to do it by ourselves, we would have not gotten very far at all. Love that. And how you just played it out there and said, don't try to do it by yourself. No, <laughs> I mean, you can try. It's just going to take a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. A lot longer. I think people are afraid of giving up part of the pie. I just think it's such a, the wrong mentality altogether when approaching this type of business. It's an abundant universe. And also I approach life. This is something I got from Robert Helms. It's, he's all about relationships for life. And I took that on, right? Because I'm not thinking I want to just do this next transaction with somebody and like get as much out of it as possible and like screw them. No, it's like, how do you approach people? How do you work with them? How do you show up for people so that they're going to want to keep working with you 
forever become your friends. And we're about lifetime relationships. So when you come with that framework, really like saying, how can you make this a win for the other person? So they're going to want to keep working with you, then that's what will work better over time. Because it's so much easier to have people work with you again, versus having to start fresh each time. I love that. Just the philosophy, like you said, relationships for life and just having that mentality. Awesome. So Monique, what's been the hardest part of this syndication journey for you? I mean, you had quick success, but no doubt it was because of a lot of hard work and sticking with it. But what was the hardest part for you? The hardest part. So team is everything, right? And we did have a couple of buildings in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We had a really tough time there because we could not find good property management. And we weren't living there. We were managing from California. The partner was in Texas. And we just, and the, like for the life of us, we could not find a good property management to work the deal. And your property manager will make or break your deal because they're managing it for you. So we were on it, talking to them all the time, at least once a week on the phone. We'd go and spend a lot of time there. And when we were there, we'd see all stuff and it would fix and then we'd leave and then the problems came right back. And so that was really tricky. So I think what I learned was the importance of really great trusted people on the ground. And you need to have a super solid team and make sure they're solid before going in. And luckily, it was, I think, literally a God-given miracle. I was, <laughs> I was going back to Albuquerque to go through the units again and going, okay, like, well, you know, our CapEx money was running out and there's the property was still a disaster. And we're just like, oh my gosh, we're on the plane. And I'm like, please, God, just help. And then our property manager at the time said, hey, I have another owner who has some 1031 exchange money and wants to buy. Would you consider selling? Or like maybe for the right price. And he ended up buying wow. like a C class, C minus, if I'm honest, and Albuquerque out of four cap. If that's not a miracle from God, I don't know what is. But so <laughs> we got out, our investors got money, there was a profit, it was like yeah. it all worked out. But now I pray for that man every day and I go, I hope those properties are working for him. And we got out of that luckily, but that was hard. Really hard. Yeah. Big learning experience, no doubt about it. Yeah, it was. What's the way that you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? So one of the things that I've been really focusing, so my focus is really on how do you build the network? So in terms of that, I've been doubling down on providing value online. I feel like it's a lot easier to attract people to you than it is to go knocking on doors and calling, dialing for dollars and trying to get something from them. So building that network, like you and I have a podcast and you don't have to do all of this, but wrote a book. I have the social media manager that's putting out content all the time just did a virtual summit. So I'm like putting out a lot of information, giving as much value as I can to the mostly the women in my audience, but others. And I just try to deliver value and put it out there. And so I keep giving value and building that network. And that is a way that I've been able to attract all these investors to our list and to our database. So that's what I would recommend. And I doubled down on on doing that. So I hired somebody who really knows what they're doing to do the social media because that's not my thing. I know it's important. I was like not the best at doing it. So I had somebody who do, does that for me and have somebody doing ads and other things so we can just put the message out there. So that's what I've focused and that's really made a big difference. Nice. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I think it's partly focusing on an underserved niche. 
since then, I'm seeing more and more women start to reach out to other women, but it's still very few. I'm considering for 50% of the population, there aren't that many people speaking to women. And so that really helped because I was looking for a population that nobody was talking to. Nice. And a lot of people, I feel like, have the fear of, well, if I niche down too much, there's not going to be enough people, you know, to talk to. And it's also the opposite. Sometimes I think maybe my niche is too big. (laughs) But I feel like I have a divine mission to help 1 million women create financial freedom through real estate. So it's like a lot of women have to talk to them all. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us how you like to give back. Maybe we already touched on it, but maybe you can elaborate on how you like to give back. Yeah. So I feel like I'm very mission led with what I'm doing and that's a give back, but I also give a certain percentage of all my income. But my family's from Haiti and there's a terrible thing in Haiti. There's actually a lot of child slavery. And so there's a organization called Restavec Freedom. And they have these kids that come from the country and they go, Restavec means stay with, with these families in the city, but they're not paid. They're not educated. They're basically like slaves. So I contribute a certain percentage to that organization that's working to end that practice. And also we give a certain amount to junior achievement for their financial literacy programs. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Monique. Thank you for giving back in that way and giving back just to the listeners and myself and really sharing how you got to a thousand doors in the first year. I think it's incredible. But through education, mentors, meeting people, branding and partnerships. And I just love your way of thinking of just the relationships for life. I couldn't agree more. But tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. So the best place is to go to reigoddesses.com. We're also at reigoddesses on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So you can find us on social media that way. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.